Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, a little extra today. Tom, this is a very exciting episode that we have on the TFA Dino Show. We are going to redraft the rookies of the 2020 class after 10 weeks of seeing them perform. And, you know, before, Tom, before I even ask you about, you know, week 10 or anything, I just want to make sure you can get this out of your system. Alshon Jeffrey played football and you paid me a fourth. I did, and I wish the anyone would have taken Alshon Jeffrey for anything. I would, I would take anything for him. I, I don't <laughs> even care. I, I hate him. Uh, he went out there. I, I, I sent a tweet out in my Alshon hate. Uh, he saw the the field eighteen times. Uh, that took Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rager off the field eight times apiece. Um, not good, Tom. He was not good. He did not look good. Him and Wentz still have no chemistry at all. And he hurts the team by being a dirty snitch. <laughs> I knew I had to just let you get that out of the way, you know, as the, the Alshon hater of the entire world. You can find uh, Tom and all of his anti-Alshon tweets at Dynasty Infidel. You can find me on Twitter at NFL Robbie. I don't know if Tom has started fleeting yet or if he just continues to tweet, but uh, I have not, I've not fleeting? done one. Fleeting is, is the new, the new craze. It's, it's what we're all about on Twitter. Is, you, is, is Twitter on fleeting? Is, do you fleet on Twitter? Yes. You fleet on Twitter. You do not know this. No, I don't know. I know what a fleet is. So, so folks, this is the, the part of the podcast where the young buck has to teach the old man, the, the new yes. update with um, technology and, and social media. So Tom, uh, Come on, Whipper Snapper, let me know. Are like stories on, do you, do you know what Snapchat is? Have you heard of Snapchat? I, yeah, I, I have a Snapchat and I, you I'm can hilarious. Do yes, I'm hilarious on Snapchat. So you can do stories on that, right? On Instagram, you can do stories. On Facebook, now you can do stories. Even on LinkedIn, you can do stories. And now Twitter has joined the ranks of 24-hour stories that you put up and will disappear. Um, they are called fleets. And Why do you want them to disappear on Twitter? 
they they're they're just it's a fleet. It's fleeting. It's here one day, gone the next. You know. Is it a video or? It can be. So it's just a tweet that that leaves in twenty four hours. Yeah. What do you but thoughts? everybody can still screenshot it and get. Yep. Instant reactions. How are you feeling about that? Dumb. <laughs> All right. We're going to bring everybody back in. Um, that's, as, like we, that's, as, that's as dumb as the Eagles not finding a way to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> not dumb. as dumb, but almost as dumb. I hate him. Your, your, your Eagles talk has, has come to a close. You may no longer uh, mention them on this podcast. Uh, yep. No, I will. I will. Go ahead. We are, like I said at the top, redrafting the 2020 rookies. So Tom and I had them ranked as dynasty rankers at the Fantasy Authority uh, preseason. Obviously, a lot has changed in 10 weeks, and we are here to let you know how we would draft them. We are doing two rounds. It's going to be super flex. It's going to be PPR and tight end premium just to see if we can sneak in a tight end. We will see if we do that. Tom, before we get to that, week 10 takeaways. I want to go first because I think this is a really interesting trend that that I've seen this year, and we really saw it this past week um, with no tight ends getting over 70 yards. We've mm. only had we've only had two tight ends average 12 or more PPR fantasy points this per week this season hmm? that is travis kelsey and darren waller numbers in previous years have been nine tight ends have gotten 12 points or more on a weekly basis in 2019 seven in 2018 five nine nine eight eleven and seven going all the way back to 2012 so the lowest other number other than this year was five in 2017 so we are seeing an absolute slew of underperforming tight ends outside of of Kelsey Waller. And I just was curious if you kind of noticed that trend, if you, you've kind of noticed that on your teams, or are you all loaded up on Kelsey Waller? Uh, I have Mark Andrews, and he's been breaking my heart. Um, so <laughs> I have noticed that tight ends are not good. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, the tight end position also- is the same as it has been for years. You can't depend on it unless you have uh, one of the monsters, which is mainly Kelsey at this point. Yeah, but I'd say even further this season is that the monsters that we thought are, are really not there. Like you just mentioned Mark right. Andrews supposed to be on that list. Uh, Zach Ertz right. supposed to be on that list. Kittle's out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you had five of the top five guys. I'd say four of those. Maybe maybe Waller kind of hopped into that top five uh, for some. You know, I just think that the, the number three tight end right now is TJ Hawkinson at 11.7 fancy points per week, which is a guy that you really liked preseason, but that even goes to show that even, you know, his fantasy production, you know, isn't living up to the, these tight ends of, of previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's just a, it's a tough spot to be. And I think that almost goes to a new strategy. I don't know what you think going forward, but I've always been somebody that waits on, on QB, you know, not, not as much in super flex and I wait on tight end, but I, the, especially this last year, I just started to kind of change that philosophy. I got a lot of Darren Waller in startups. I got a lot of Travis Kelsey, a couple of Evan Ingram here and there, and that hasn't been obviously too great. But I, I don't think I want to play this this weight game and, and sub people in and out. I want to grab one of these top two or three guys and, and hopefully set myself apart. It's basically having an extra roster spot where some of these other guys aren't aren't getting much more than five or six points, right? 
Uh, yeah, um, it depends on what you're going to kind of take them over, though, uh, because the the price is still going to be you know, uh, pretty significant. And Kelsey's getting up there in age, so I don't know if you're gonna how early you're gonna take Kelsey Waller. Uh, Kittle would be the next one, but he's had some injury issues, and again, we saw what happened after that. So I guess uh, I would probably still wait a little bit and try and get a guy that breaks out or just load up on a couple of those guys. Um, I had a couple teams where I took Hawkinson and Gusecki just to kind of, you know, hedge my bets and, and get one of those breakouts and it worked out and uh, for Hawkinson and not quite for Gusecki, but he's flashed. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping that we see, we obviously still have seven weeks of football left and I, I'm hoping we see some of these uh, younger tight ends start to flash. You, know, you mentioned Gusecki, uh, with Preston Williams out, maybe he can kind of take over like he did the second half of 2019. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson playing really well. Um, can he continue? I know Galladay has just returned to practice, but maybe he can jump over that that 12 fantasy points per week mark. So I think maybe some some guys will reach that. It won't end the season at just two over the 12 point mark, but right now it's not looking good. Um, DeAndre Swift breakout game, huh? Is that is that your uh, your week ten takeaway? Yeah, no. They it took them ten weeks to figure out how to use them, or how to use him properly. And and wow, he looked good, didn't he? That was weird. Yes, it so. is it is weird when you spend <laughs> a, a high draft pick on a very talented running back with a great uh, collegiate career, and he ends right. up producing well. Yes, that is very and surprising. And then you give him the ball. Like, I wonder what would happen if another team gave a running back the ball and how that running back would do. Which one? There's plenty to choose from. Um, the one out there that does the Indianapolis 500, the Indy 500. If that general area, if they decided to give a, the running back, you know, out there the ball, perhaps. Yes. Maybe he would have some some decent games, that would be fun. Tom, since you're already hinting at it, let's just jump right into the the redraft of these 2020 rookies. Uh, Like I said earlier, it's going to be super flex, PPR, and tight end premium. And you know what? Since I'm such a generous and and giving guy, I want to give you the first pick. Uh, That is delightful uh, that you gave me the first pick. That's very nice of you. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Um, You know what? The 101 has changed. Mm. I'm going with Justin Herbert as the 101 pick. Wow. Uh, He is the QB6 overall in weekly scoring, and he's got 24.6 points per game. Um, We're going to get into Burrow, but he's outscoring Burrow by six points a game, which is a pretty big margin, especially when you talk about over the course of an entire season. Um, now going forward, Burrow and it's going to be Burrow and Herbert. I think against each other. I think Tua isn't going to necessarily have the the volume to keep up with those those two. Um, but I like Herbert moving forward for especially for what he's done as a rookie in the system, coming in late. He wasn't projected to be a starter, got thrown in there, and he's just been absolutely tearing it up. So I will take Justin Herbert at the 101. And that is not a knock on Joe Burrow whatsoever. I think Burrow has played fine. Um, I love his weapons moving forward, but 
Herbert has just been absolute lights out. Yeah, Tom, I think that would be my 101 as well. You know, I go back and forth because the only thing that would have been able to catapult Herbert above Burrow for me preseason, you know, before we got in, got into the 2020 season would be Herbert takes over the job early, you know, for Tyrod and he is just lights out, you know, he's throwing for, you know, what, 300 yards per game or throwing three touchdowns per game. And, Oh wait, you know exactly what he's done Mm -hmm. every week except for this last week, he's thrown for 300 yards or three touchdowns. Okay, he didn't this last week, but you know what he did? He covered it with a rushing touchdown. Still got twenty-one yep. and, and some change in his fantasy well, points. Two two passing, and then he had one rushing, so he still accounted for three touchdowns. Right, uh, season low, one hundred eighty-seven passing yards. The only time he's been below like the two forty-five mark, I think, was yeah. the second lowest. Other than that, has just been lights out. And, and so, yeah, with Keenan Allen getting a new contract this offseason. You know, he's 28, which, you know, in Dynasty, we start to feel like that's kind of old, but, you know, he can absolutely, the way he plays, he can mm-hmm. he can be great for, for another three, four years. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, Eckler just got a big contract this last March, I believe. He signed through the 2024 season. Obviously, he's played a lot of this um, season without Eckler so far, so I'm excited to see what happens when Eckler's back. And um, we saw that first game where he peppered both Keenan Allen and Eckler with targets. Uh, which was a, a great sign for anybody who has uh, stock in that that offense. And I, and I think they will continue to build around him. I'm not sure if what they do with Mike Williams, who, whose contract is coming up here in a bit, but um, I think they continue to, to build weapons uh, around him. And, and so I'm very excited about him. I, I agree that he did the only thing that would have leapfrogged him above Burrow for me. And so Burrow will be my pick at the two spot. And, you know, you, you said it. This is not a knock on Burrow. It's just how well – Herbert has played. You can't ignore that. But Burroughs played really well in his own right. You know, what, what's actually surprising, Tom, and, and I said we, we wouldn't talk your Eagles, but if you had told me that Carson Wentz on a points-per-game basis is actually doing better than Joe Burrow, I would have yeah. I would have not believed it. Now, he is one spot ahead. Uh, Joe Burrow on a, on a points-per-game basis is actually down at QB 18. So that's behind guys who are not even starting right now, Dak, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to name a couple. Uh, but let's let's remember he's been out without his entire offensive line basically for the last two weeks. Well, they had a bye uh, last week, but the two weeks before that. So, um, you know, he talking he's, Burrow or Wentz? <laughs> yeah, exactly, both, both. And, and so, if, if we look at Burrow's line, obviously not ideal for a rookie. Um, but the volumes there, which is really cool to see, and I think that's what we saw with Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton uh, in 2019. And, and I like the weapons around him. So obviously AJ Green isn't long for Cincinnati, but you're going to hear Burroughs to Higgins a whole lot in, in this next decade, and I'm really excited about that. That's something to look forward to once this craziness of 2020 is gone. Is there's a continued Burrow to Higgins call for the next hopefully 10 plus years, and then Mixon is under contract. He signed his new contract, and Tyler Boyd signed a contract in 2019. So we're talking about a lot of good weapons that. Burrow has been able to utilize so far this year in his rookie year. Hopefully, as he continues to grow and expand, um, I think his his weapons are locked in. Let's get that offensive line better. He is a, a top two pick in dynasty uh, rookie picks for me. So, Tom, would you say that these two are, are kind of in a tier of their own, or at the one hundred and three, whoever you're going to pick, are you going to put them in with them? Um, 
I think they're kind of in a tier of their own just because if, if you're playing super flex, then you want to get the next best quarterback. And I think these two are in dynasty. They're their top, top 10 quarterbacks, definitely. And then you could argue that they're going to be top five to seven in the next year. So um, I think they're in a tier of their own. That being said, this is not a knock on my next guy. Uh, and I'm going to do something that leaves you somebody you'll be happy about. I'm taking Justin Jefferson at, at 103. Okay. Um, so, JJ, he's been the wide receiver two on P- PFF basically throughout the entire season as far as, like, receiving grades. He is the wide receiver eight after he took over uh, in week three as a starter. He's had four 100-yard games. And if you've watched him, he is absolutely balling. And he's doing that in an offense. It, it's not like they throw a ton. Um, you have Thielen there. So it's basically Thielen and it's Jefferson. It's the Thielen and Jefferson show. And then it's Dalvin Cook. And that's what they're doing. Um, so that's it's actually fun to see them rely on that and not just, you know, pepper these, you know, third, fourth targets and, you know, but Justin Jefferson's getting a lot of work. Uh, as soon as he got a starter, he was he was balling. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. You know what I mean? I have no idea how long Cousins is going to be there, but the next quarterback that, that comes in might be better than Cousins, and they might change the offense up a little bit. But uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson, I'm going with the wide receiver. He's the wide receiver too. And for PFF, I'm sorry, he's wide receiver eight overall. And as far as scoring goes, he's the top rookie. Gotcha. Yeah. I think what's what's cool about Justin Jefferson is that even in a low volume offense, you've seen him take an alpha role. It's kind of him and Thielen kind of switching on and off here there. But in the three games we've seen Jefferson get nine or more targets, he's put up 175, 166 and 135 yards, which as a rookie, I think is just incredible. Honestly, the the one piece that holds me back a little bit is that quarterback position, the volume in a Kubiak offense, you know, I'm not sure how how much they'll be there every single week in, week out, which you won't find with any fantasy player. And obviously he's been fantastic when when he gets the targets, but we've seen some games sprinkled in there where, you know, it's it's three receptions for twenty-three, three for twenty-six. And 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 you'll get that with any player. So this is not a if we're just nitpicking here, right? I think that's that's the one thing that'll hold him back now. Does that change if Adam Thielen, you know, moves on? I'm not saying that happens this next year, but he's on the older side of 30. Um, so eventually I think there is a chance for Jefferson to just be week in, week out, kind of like what we see with Stefan Diggs. I would say that's what I can see in Justin Jefferson's future when he's not splitting, okay, it's your turn to be alpha, and then it's my turn going back and forth. I think he can be it game in, game out. Yeah, so it's interesting you're talking about volume because we have the same exact – um, conundrum or you know debate about AJ Brown, you know last season is he going to have the volume to be an elite wide receiver, and he does um, because he's an elite wide receiver. So I think Justin Jefferson can do that even if he doesn't get you know 140 targets like uh, you know Michael Thomas and Julio. So it's uh it's pretty interesting there. Yeah, Tom, we'll move right into my. Second pick, this will be the fourth overall of our 2020 rookie draft. And I think you probably predicted who I was going to go with here. 
and, and I would take this player slightly a, a ahead of Justin Jefferson, but we're talking about uh, splitting hairs here, and that is C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb has lost a lot of steam in, in recent weeks. Uh, he had a, a goose egg game. Um, that was the one where Andy Dalton went out midway through the game. Ben DiNucci comes in, and then Ben DiNucci's uh, only start of the season, he, he had a, a stinker as well. But outside of that, we're talking – five receptions every single game. Um, we're talking, you know, 71, 72, 73 plus yards every single game, a couple of hundred yard games sprinkled in there. So what what Lamb I think brings once you have a, a, a normal Dallas offense, right? Hopefully Dak's returning. That's my belief. That's not everyone's belief, but we're talking about a high volume, high passing volume offense. And when you match that up with the talent that CeeDee Lamb has shown out of the slot, able to get um, – you know, kind of get all over the field. Honestly, he, he plays a lot out of the slot, but the type of routes he's running, he's not just running, you know, your in routes, your, 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 you know, your quick out routes. I mean, he's getting some, some deep posts, um, some deep flag routes. They have him kind of moving all over the field and doing all different types of routes. They're throwing him screens as well. And so I think what, what's really exciting about him is that even without Dak, with Andy Dalton, in two games with Andy Dalton, he's been able to produce. He had five for 80, and I think this uh, past week with Gilbert, uh, he had uh, 71 yards. So even without Dak or Andy Dalton, he's been producing. So now Andy Dalton steps back in. I think he's going to continue to produce. And then looking long-term dynasty-wise, if he has an above-average starting quarterback in a high-volume offense, he's the wide receiver one for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really blame you for that. Um, C.D. Lamb was actually the wide receiver 11 through weeks one through five. Uh, when Dak was actually playing, and that's including the game that Dak went down. Um, and the other thing to, to think about is Gallup only has one year left on his contract, um, so he's got the path to getting more targets there. There could be vacated targets. And Dallas can get out of Amari's contract after 2022 and save $16 million. Um, and if they're going to pay Dak that big contract, then that might be something that they're going to do. They might restructure him. Who knows? But he is the wide receiver of the future in Dallas, and he's only going to get better. Yeah, you you said wide receiver eleven weeks one through five. Yep. So tossing that next week, week six with Andy Dalton, and he actually improved up to wide receiver ten. You know, so he he that I guess that's my point is that even when you see his his quarterback production fall uh, to an average level starter like Andy Dalton, or uh, two weeks ago when Dallas plays Pittsburgh and he has. Garrett Gilbert at, at, at starting quarterback, he's still able to, able to produce. I think that's what shows a, a, a true, you know, wide receiver that's going to be a force in this league. Someone who can produce even with, a, you know, not great quarterback play. Yeah, no, and you brought up his routes. He can run every single route. We saw that, you know, when he was in college. So um, he he could he could shift to the outside at any moment. It doesn't really matter, um, and he'll be perfectly fine. All right, uh, I'm going to go with the 105 here, and I am going to take DeAndre Swift with the 105. He's going to be the first running back off the board, and if you could have seen Robbie's face, he he seems like he's upset right now. Um, you know what? I said it earlier. They actually just figured out how to use him, and it's week 10. Wow. And being that they just figured out how to use him, and he's the RB13 right now, that is pretty damn good. Um, the scouting reports were absolutely right on him. He's he is who we thought he was. Um, 
He leads all rookie running backs in receptions and receiving yards. Uh, he's sixth overall and fourth overall, respectively, in the um, among all running backs there. He's doing what I think everybody expected CEH to do in the receiving game, um, and he looks really good. He looks explosive, and if they keep using him like they did last week, then you know he's going to be a top-five dynasty running back in no time. Yeah, I think I think you said it that he has the most receptions right now. I think he's at 31 receptions. He's on pace for 48. So we're talking about your rookie season. You're getting no, near 50 receptions. That's exactly what people were kind of pacing out uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire to have um, as kind of that top uh, pass getter in the rookie class. You know, and I think this is the first week you said at the top of the show when we we're doing our, our week 10 takeaways. He got the workload. He was the starter. It was no more Adrian Peterson than bring in Swift, you know, for pass catching opportunities, give him a couple carries here and there. It was no, we're going to give him the workload. And he got his most carries of the season, 16. He got 81 rushing yards. He went five for five for 68 yards in the air and a touchdown. And I I, I don't think it's crazy to say that once they, they realize this, AP probably is kind of pushed more to the back burner a little bit, just like Kerryon Johnson had been early in the year. And now it's, it's more of the, the Swift show going forward and for the future. Like Adrian Peterson's probably not going to be back next season. You know, carry on will be on his last year of his deal, but he's an afterthought. You can, you can see that already. You know, I don't think there's any reason not to think that Swift has kind of taken. We were worried about the landing spot because of carry on. And then AP comes over late after the, the Washington football team cuts him. We were like, okay, it's CH Jonathan Taylor. And then everybody landed in bad spots after that. Well, no, this is, it was bad right away, but we, we've seen kind of that takeover that we have always talked about with the rookies. Maybe it takes a little while. You know, first half of the season, they're not great. Here's the second half of the season. He's absolutely rolling. That is a perfect pick at 105. He would have been my pick at 106 if you had left him. But instead, Tom, I will take Clyde edwards Lair. Now, before landing spots, he is my running back five. After landing spots, he is my running back one, I had him over Jonathan Taylor. I think you might have been Jonathan Taylor one. Have you yeah, had Jonathan Taylor? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I had Jonathan Taylor one, and I had CEH. Okay, okay. Two. That's what a lot of people had. And, and I kind of want to bring this up after I talk about CEH a little bit. But his this offense is just too dang electric to not have him, you know, as a top five or six pick, right? Like – people are starting to lose a little bit of faith with him because he's only gotten, he's gotten under 10 carries the past three weeks. He had eight against Denver. Now Le'Veon Bell comes in. He got six uh, against the Jets. And then he only got five this last week against the Carolina Panthers. And so they're like, where's, where's this volume coming from? What's happening? And I don't think that that's a long-term thing. I think that's just what's working for Kansas city right now. We've seen him already go off for, 25 for 138 in week one and then 26 for 161 in week six. Like he has shown that when they want to give him the ball, he's going to absolutely ball out. He's running back 12, I think on the year, maybe running back 11. Um, So he's running back 14. Perfect. Okay. So he's right outside, I guess that running back one numbers. And I think Le'Veon Bell is not going to be long for this, this chiefs team. And if you're talking about what team you want to build a running back around and why he vaulted up to the RB one for a lot of people or RB two in your case, it's because of this offense. So, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, a little bit of, of grime on, on that pick right now. That's why he's not quite as high uh, with Le'Veon sliding over 
and, and the volume being a little bit less than we thought. But you know, I think he's absolutely a, a long-term asset that I want to have on my team. Yeah. So the rushing yards are are where we thought they were going to be. I think he's got he's second among all rookies. Got 586. So he's going to come in probably around a thousand yards. What we're not getting is that utilization in the passing game that we expected, which is what I just talked about with DeAndre Swift. He's only got 28 receptions on 39 targets. I think people expected, you know, 60, 70 receptions for him, uh, which was, you know, pretty ambitious uh, considering he was a rookie running back and all the weapons that they have. But that's what people were basically charting out for him at the beginning of the season. So I think he's come back to earth a little bit as far as with his stats meeting his projections and they're not necessarily, they're not bad. Um, and I think he's only going to get better, um, especially in the passing game. I think they'll use him more. Um, and one other thing we have to keep in mind is what the Kansas city Chiefs do is they keep people fresh for the playoffs. Um, Look what they did with Damian Williams last year in the playoffs. They didn't really utilize him. And the next thing you know, he rips off, I think, 300-yard games or something like that in, in the playoffs. So that might be kind of like what they're doing. They don't want to overwork him for down the stretch. Uh, and then we might see him win people championships and you know later on in the season because they're going to be fighting for that that one seed. Yeah, Tom, the, the dilemma that I wanted to bring up when we got to CEH was – there was a lot of people, even in super flex leagues, that said, you know what, these running backs are going to be such different makers that I will take them over the Joe Burrow and the two. Uh, um, Herbert wasn't quite in that conversation yet. It, I think the top four picks, if you if you looked at most MFL rookie drafts, was Burrow, CH, um, JT, and then Tua kind of as, as that top four. And I know a lot of people drove the, the conversation that, no, these running backs are going to be immediate – producers where their quarterbacks will take a little bit you know they, they might not even Justin Herbert might not even be a starter you know Tua might not be a starter right away it's gonna be Burrow and he's behind a, you know a tough line let's see what he can do he's got some you know not questionable talent but AJ Green was you know, no one knew what to expect from him and so what where were you at preseason with that conversation were you you know I wanted the quarterbacks uh, the longevity or were you somebody that's like, no, these running backs are going to come in and change fantasy teams right away. I'd rather take them. Uh, no, I was. I I had the one hundred and one in, I think, two rookie drafts, and it, I'm talking super flex. And I took Burrow in both of them. Um, I had Burrow, and then I had Taylor, and then I had Ceh, and then I had Tua, and then I had Swift. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And Judy, then Dobbins, etc., etc., etc. But, yeah, no, I, in a super flex league, if you have a highly rated quarterback, you have to take the quarterback. And, you know, this upcoming year, if you try and – debate taking somebody over Trevor Lawrence, uh, like a running back or a wide receiver, you're, you're just super flexing wrong. Yeah, I agree. And, and this, this thought process really took off and a lot of people were, were behind it. And I guess I pushed back. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the big conversation I had with somebody. I, I can't remember who it was, but basically it was uh, my, my thought process was sure. Maybe those rookie running backs. And we saw it week one with Clyde. We were like, okay, Clyde obviously should be the one-on-one. He comes out, he has 163 yards or whatever it was and a touchdown. Okay, you know, maybe I was wrong and Burrow's going to take a little bit. Tua might not start for a bit, but I, I think maybe, maybe it's just the season and, and maybe this isn't long-term, but even if, if rookie running backs pop off right away, I think the longevity of, of these top quarterbacks is something that you want to get behind. Sure, we've seen some some – if he play with Sam Darnold, who hasn't quite gotten an offense around him or, or a coach around him, We've seen Baker struggle. And I think that's why people have been kind of nervous about these quarterbacks. And, and sure, you might have them for 15 years, but are you going to have 15 years of, of Baker Mayfield being mostly a QB2, I think is, was the fear. But I think what we saw with Burrow and and just the, the potential for what I, I guess he could do was was just too much for me, and, and same with two. I had the same feeling with two, even though he wasn't projected to be the starter. Obviously, the hip injury, there was a lot of concern there. Mm-hmm. Running backs, it, it, it's so tough, and, and we've seen it more this year than ever. There's so many committees, so many injuries, so many um, times where you you can rely on these guys up until they're gone. Like CMC, the number one uh, pick has now been out. It's two different injuries for a while, and sure, you see that at quarterback. We saw that with Dak, but I just don't think it's – it's as common, and we've seen how much of a difference maker Kyler Murray is, Russell Wilson is, hopefully, you know, what, what Justin Herbert has been, and then hopefully what Joe Burrow will be. Yeah, and the other thing is quarterbacks and Superflex, they have more trade value. So, like Sam Darnold, even going into this season, he had a lot of trade value. Um, so you could have been out on Sam Darnold, but you still could have traded him away and gotten – a very good player um, or a high pick. So that's the other thing. They, they hold their value better in Superflex because let's face it, they're going to be around for 10, 15 years if they're good players. I do believe it is my pick. Yes, we are back okay. to you. And I think this is the 107. 107. And with the 107, I will take someone who was going late, late, late in rookie drafts, if he was even drafted at all. James Robinson, I'm going to take. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I mean, how am I not going to take the leading rusher among all rookies? I mean, he's got the fifth most rushing yards overall in the league. He is the RB3 in fantasy points. He is a bell cow. He was a sixth round pick. Okay. He is on a rookie contract as a sixth round pick for, I think, three years they usually do. And then he can be a restricted free. So they'll have to give him an offer sheet, I believe. Um, So he's basically under contract for four years. 
Okay, he was a UDFA. I had to double check oh, that he? before I corrected you. I was like, oh, wait I'm a minute. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. definitely UDFA. I don't know why I okay. thought he was a six-round pick. No, well, it doesn't good. matter. Yeah, yeah well, they're all either all Either way, he was. that's a third-round pick then. Or that's a third uh, three-year contract. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, man, I don't know why I thought he was a six-round. That's weird. Anyway. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. destroy your argument. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Anyway, um, they would be – Really dumb, Jacksonville, to waste a pick on a running back when they see what Robinson has done this year and the cheap contract that he's going to be on for the next two years. They have a lot of picks. They also have a lot of needs. I think taking, uh, you know, they're not going to pick one in the first round. They shouldn't pick one in the second round unless they're taking one in like the fifth or sixth um, to get like a quality backup or you know, a specialist, like a receiving back or something, they shouldn't be doing it. They have too many needs. So I think a lot of people's concern with James Robinson is if they're going to replace him, because again, he's an undrafted free agent, like you said, um, and he doesn't have that draft capital. Well, guess what? I mean, he won that job out of camp and everybody was like, James Robinson won the job out of camp. How's that? How is that? And then we're seeing why he did because he's a stud. He's a really, really good player. Yeah, absolutely. As as someone who who was on the the camp of you know sell James Robinson this year, you know get get your first, be able to to spend it on on high draft capital players for the twenty twenty one. You know he's continued to to produce, and that's something that that I'm reflecting on and saying, you know, is I still think there's an opportunity where he he has competition next year. I think there's, we've seen it with plenty of offenses. He He's producing at such a level where it makes it very questionable for me, but we've seen it a lot with, you know, Phil Lindsay has produced not to this level, but they bring in competition. I, I think you've just seen different scenarios where if there's not draft capital there, they have no problem with bringing other running backs, free agent, other picks and things of that nature. But you're absolutely right. They have so many holes to fill that I would say that running back is probably one of their last uh, pieces that they do need. Um, but you you know that NFL teams don't think for fantasy teams. They think for their team. And and what happens if James Robinson is to go down? Who's that next guy up? Well, it's not going to be Chris Thompson. Well, they don't want him you know, being that next man up. They want another person who can continue to produce in a similar manner to James Robinson, which is why I think they, they probably do address the running back position, maybe not to compete and take over his job, but eventually that's that's kind of what a lot of these teams do. They, they, they split a lot of their work. Well, that's kind of what I said is, you know, they – I wouldn't be surprised if they draft like a specialist back, like a, a pass catching back to spell him. So he might not have the volume next year. Um, I could see them taking a backup, but again, that's, you know, fourth round or later. And the fact that he's an undrafted free agent should only reinforce the fact that they can find a running, another running back who can produce late. So they just shouldn't be doing, you know, shouldn't be spending any capital on, um, of running back. Yes, I, I agree with you there. At the 108, I will not go quite as as wild as you. I'm not UDFA. wild. That makes sense. I actually thought about taking James Robinson over CEH. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just that is that is very rich. But, uh, uh, I didn't. That- I w- I would not have, but it was in my my thought process. We know that there's some people out there that uh, that would for sure. So, 
you know, we'll have to keep keep monitoring the situation. But I, I know a lot of people are, are kind of uh, they're 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 starting to forget. You know, it doesn't matter where he was picked. James Robinson's here to stay. And and I've warmed that idea. I'm not quite there like most of the other individuals are. And, and I'll probably be the last one to the table, which will uh, you know be to my detriment. But I, I definitely am. I put a lot of weight into draft capital. And with my 108 pick, this is an individual who I thought their draft capital fell a little bit because they did not participate at the combine. That would be T Higgins. I thought he had first round pick written all over him and he was an early second round pick by the Bengals. And man, I, I think we're really these past five weeks um, watching T Higgins play. You know, I, I talked about earlier with Burrow, you know, the Burrow to Higgins for, for many, many years, it, it could be really exciting, but Higgins is averaging eight targets per game over his, over the past five weeks. And he's seen an 80% snap share. And we were we were wondering like when 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 can some of these guys kind of take over, start to jump into this offense and really take stranglehold? Well, he had AJ Green in front of him, he had Tyler Boyd in front of him. And if you remember back to week one, he had John Ross above him. You know, he didn't even play, uh, if I remember correctly, week one. I don't I don't even remember if he, he got a snap. So we're talking about somebody I don't who was think a, he did. Yeah, we're talking about someone who has ascended really quickly after, you know, kind of being yeah, you're you're way down in the wide receiver pecking order behind Auden Tate, John Ross, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gosh, who was the other guy that they had a flash in the pan? Oh, he had oh. one good game on like Thursday night. Um, well, remember Browns Bengals like week two and we're Mike Thomas, pie. Mike Thomas, yeah. Mike Thomas, the, the bad Mike Thomas Bad Mike Thomas. Okay. Well, T Higgins is better than the bad Mike Thomas. But but he was getting snaps, you know, wasn't even getting snaps over him at the beginning of the year. And so now we've seen, you know, he has two 100-yard games under his belt. Um, and I think this this QB is going to continue to grow in Joe Burrow, which only makes uh, Higgins better as we continue going forward. So he's slightly behind this, this tier of Lamb, Jefferson, and then I have a couple of guys in, in the second tier. Um, but he is definitely leading that pack for me and will be my 108 pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. That was going to be my next pick there. Um, so we're actually pretty much on the same page there. You probably would have taken Higgins before James Robinson, but uh, Higgins averaging 75.4 yards a game. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, all right. That was the 108, correct? Yep. With the 109, I'm going to go with uh, Tua Tagaloa. Tagaloba. Tua Tagaloa. My favorite part of every podcast is is you know one of these you know one of these shows we're just gonna have Tom pronouncing names and I'm gonna put Albert Aquegbunam. Aquegbunam. Yes, we're gonna have Albert Aquegbunam. We're gonna have Brandon Ayuk, not Ayuk. We're gonna have Brandon Ayuk. Yes, I can't wait for that episode. Yeah, uh, is Brandon? I well, actually, I'm sorry. Is Brandon Ayuk on the board? He is on the board, isn't he? Yes. Do you want I'm to take taking, him here? I'm taking Brandon Ayuk. Uh, what? Yuck. How do you say it? How do you say Yuck? Yuck for that opinion at one. How do you say it? Ayuk. No. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Yes. Um. No, I'll go to her. I'll go to her. I'll go to her. I like Brandon a yuck um, a lot, though. But I'm going to a um, 
He's starting. He looks good. They're winning games. Uh, the one concern I have is how slow their offense is playing. Since he came in, I think they're averaging like 51 plays a game or something like that. So they're letting their defense uh, go out there and, you know, ball. And he's basically a game manager. Um, but, again, that's because he's a rookie. And I think he'll get better weapons. They still have a bunch of good picks around him. I believe in his talent. I think he's only going to get better. Um, the coaching there is actually good. How about that? Um, and I think once they kind of they're, – they're keeping him on – they're setting him up in a position to actually win football games. It's not about fantasy football right now. It's not about his stats. Um, I think next year is when you'll probably see the the better return on Tua as far as like fantasy points. Um, but you know, this year it's he's just learning and learning the ropes. He's getting back from the injury. He's learning the system, and he's just getting it down. Yeah, Tom. Do you know Miami's record? Yeah, they're good. What is it? Um. They're not five and five. Are they six and four? They're six and three, Tom. Six and three, yeah. This is a, a good football team. Two is three. They are. They That's what three I was saying. Yeah. They're a good they're, team. They're winning football games. That's why they're doing it. You know, honestly, Tua should not be on your team right now because so when I filled this out, I didn't know your picks. So I have like the guy that I want at each pick, and then I have the backup mm-hmm. just in case you would have taken him. And Tua was my backup all the way up at um with the 104. And I, saw, I was supposed to use him instead of CEH, and then I was supposed to do him instead of <laughs> Higgins. So I, this is this is great podcasting right now. I just forgot that he was up there. Good job. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, no, Tua, I would definitely take much higher than the 109. That was probably the best value pick of the draft so far. Yeah, you, you said it. He's not getting the, the volume right now, but I think they're – with what he's getting, you're seeing that he he will have future success. He's managing this team very well. He has no turnovers, which what do you want out of a team that has now a good defense? It's, it's weird to say that the Dolphins, after last year, have a good defense, but they do. They're healthy. They have a great secondary. You want someone that doesn't turn over the quarterback, and so that or doesn't turn over the football in your quarterback. And he also has five touchdowns in, in three games, and he has a 64-percentage completion rate and i just think that that's that's what you want out of a, of a rookie game manager who's just just starting out coming off a big injury you know just learning the system because uh, he wasn't you know practicing and playing as early as burrow and herbert was so yeah i think the dolphins are going to get some some weapons in the 2021 draft they have two first round picks and two second round picks so i think that's yep. a lot of opportunity to add to the arsenal uh that, that they're building there yep. yeah Tua absolutely. absolutely should be higher than 109 I failed us there, but you scooped no, up. No, you failed. You failed yourself. I didn't fail. I, did I, a great think, job. I think you failed as well. He sh- he should be above James Robinson. Absolutely. I James have Robinson. James Robinson above him. So that's in your that's, face. That's wild because we talk about the the longevity of quarterback. We, we I know. Maybe I forgot about him too, and I'm just trying to cover my ass. There it is. There it is. Um, <laughs> uh, just one more. To a stat, I, I said 51 plays a game. It's 53.7 since he came in. And if you want to talk about his target distribution, we're talking Devontae Parker getting 19 and Mike Gusecki getting 11 so far through okay. three games. And that's not 
great for Gusecki, but I think that's only going to increase. And like you said, they have a lot of picks to devote to weapons. Yep, completely agree. And I think that's a great transition because when I think of weapon in this rookie class, the number one name that comes to mind is Chase Claypool. I, I don't know Ooh. how you feel on that. Okay. But I talked about it last podcast. Chase Claypool gives me these DK Metcalf vibes, man. Just the size-speed combo, the ability that th- for him to not only you know get deep shots, break tackles, um, you know, get behind the defense, but for him to run these these short routes and, and power through and break tackles and his yak ability. He, what's weird is that you you think that he would need he would need time, right? We have Juju in there, we have Deontay Johnson, we have James Washington, James Connor catches passes out of the backfield, you know, Big Ben coming off of elbow surgery. Like this was not supposed to be a Chase Claypool. Eric Ebron joins the team, right? I remember when I was trying to stat out the Steelers. I didn't know who to give targets to because they just had so many guys. And I was like, well, after Juju getting 140 targets, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Deontay mm-hmm. to a hundred targets after that at 70 for James Washington and maybe 65 for Chase Claypool. And you no, know, he's absolutely showing us that. I don't know if there's an alpha there. They all kind of switch off between Juju Deontay and, and Claypool, but you and I both think that Juju is moving on next year. I think he's going to get a good t- contract from a different team. And so now we're talking about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool leading that that team. And I think Chase Claypool is going to take off even further than what we've seen this this year. We've seen you know, a, a really boom week and a couple of down weeks and then a boom week, kind of almost Je- Justin Jefferson style. And I think next year is where he absolutely turns it on and takes that DK Metcalf bump like, we saw DK Metcalf rookie season. We're like, okay, great, fifty-eight receptions, uh, you know, a, a thousand yards, whatever he was at. I think this this next step that we've seen with DK, we see that with Chase Claypool as well. I even think he's too low at the one ten, honestly. And, and maybe I'm just all in on on Chase Claypool and drinking the Kool Aid, but I think he he's a soon to be great talent. Yeah, so he's twentieth overall in points for you know all wide receivers. Um, I have a question for you. What do Chase Claypool, your boy, and T. Higgins, your other boy, have in common? They're both tall. They're both fast. Tell me, what else do they have? Their breakout games were against the Eagles. They accounted for six touchdowns against the Eagles. In their, breakout games, their breakout games were against the wonderful Philadelphia Eagles defense. Who's the next rookie wide receiver to play the Eagles? I, I want to get him on my squad. Yeah, right. Uh, who do they play this week? Oh, they play Cleveland. So Harrison Bryant, DPJ. tight end. DPJ. Huh? DPJ. Oh, no. I'm going DPJ. Harrison. Harrison, yeah. Harrison Bryant's going to break out this week. Yeah. Right, you're here um, first, folks. All right. So with the – that was 110? Yep. All right, with the 111, I'm going to go with my uh, preseason wide receiver one, which was Jerry Judy. Uh, he looks like he's coming on strong. He has not had good QB play at all. He has 69 targets and only 34 receptions. 
that just shows you how you know the lack of quality targets he's getting. Um, he's getting open a lot too. If you watch his routes, he's he's creating separation, and he just doesn't have good quarterback play. So I believe in the talent. Um, he, he's. I don't know if they're going to replace Locke this year. They might give him another year, but if they draft high enough and a quarterback falls to him, I could see them replacing him. Um, but yeah, Jerry Judy has a, a really bright future and he's going to turn into a target hog. And I think he's going to wind up being the wide receiver one on that team over Sutton, even when he comes back. This, this player gives me a lot of AJ Brown vibes of you see the landing spot and you're like, mm, good defense. They like to run. You know, are they building a passing offense when they when they take Judy, they take Hamler, Fant's young, but he's also competing with Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton when he comes back, KJ Hamler. You know, they, they throw to their running backs quite a bit with Gordon in there and 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 Lindsey. And I did this with AJ Brown. I said, you know what, that landing spot. I love the talent, but the landing spot it just can't get behind it. And I I started to fade AJ Brown, and I'm afraid I'm doing that. I actually had judy outside of my first round and so I'm, I'm fading him and i think that's the incorrect take but i just don't know when you look at long term and, and things can change and this is where i where this is where i'm wrong right like everything that we thought was going to happen this year has, has flipped us on its head but when i look at that passing offense and the volume and Cortland sutton comes back next year no fans still there Handler's producing. Like I just don't know how he's going to compete with the, the Lambs, the Jeffersons, the Higgins. He's getting. He, he's on pace for 122 targets. So, I mean, right, that's, but, again, that's that's huh. Right, but that's without. That's without all of the other weapons. And but, no man's been out for half of these games. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think he'll he'll still be close to 100 targets even when they come back yeah it's it's probably it's tough to project in that honestly when you talk about Cortland Sutton coming back because that's that's 200 yeah we, I, I don't want to get into the projections this far out I don't know what that offense looks like but I, I think he's he's probably at a max of 100 which I think keeps him a tier below some of these guys and, and going back to Jalen Rager What's what sucks in his situation is that he got hurt on the dumbest of plays, right? The interception by Hertz in, in the what was it, uh, practice or training camp? He throws an interception and Jalen Rager tears his UCL on his thumb. You know, yeah. just the, the dumbest of things. And now we don't get to see Rager in, until midseason. And now that he's come back, we we've, we've seen a little bit. You know, he hasn't quite flashed, but he leads the team in targets the, this past week. You know, they have just a, a bad game overall. Like the, I'm sure as an Eagles fan, you were just super frustrated. This this game, I didn't get to watch a ton, but it just seemed like they didn't have – they just didn't seem right on offense. And I think there's there's better games ahead, and I think Rager continues to see that that number one uh, target volume. Obviously, you're, you're a big Fulgham fan, and I do think uh, he's up there as well. But I think they drafted Rager for a reason, and they want to get him involved, and he can play and do so many things on this team that they, they will continue to get him involved. Pre-draft, I had Lamb, Judy, and Rager as my top three wide receivers. Then after the draft, I kind of did the the AJ Brown thing where I fade Judy a little bit, and it's Lamb, Rager, 
and Jefferson as my top three with Higgins right right outside that. And and it feels weird to say that I still have Rager in that top echelon because we've seen all these other wide receivers break out, but I'm not going to hold an injury against Rager because I think he'd be at the same point with them. I think he'd be doing what Fulgham has done with a couple of these breakout games. And so I'm somebody who thinks that Rager is absolutely going to have a couple of hundred yard games to finish out this season. Um, Carson's going to turn around. You know, he has some good matchups. We talked about this and why I traded for him. Oh, I just had the Eagles schedule up because we were just talking about it. But, you know, they have some good matchups coming up. Um, well, they have, some really tough, against, they have some tough matchups, and then they have some good matchups. Uh, they have Baltimore. They have mm, – hold on. No, they already played Baltimore. Are they in that run or are they already get through that run? No, Tom, they, they're, they're facing the Browns. They got they're through that round which I right. absolutely love. Then they're facing the number one get right uh, secondary in the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Packers who the Packers cornerbacks are hurt right now. They'll probably be back here in three weeks. So I'm expecting them to still have some good secondary there. Uh, then the saints Cardinals, you know, and right. then the Cowboys. Week so, 17. so I think there's a lot of opportunity for Rager to go off um, in these last few weeks. Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of the Eagles going 0-5 in those games as opposed to Carson Wentz actually having a good statistical uh, output. My fault. <laughs> there you go. Yes, the, the NFC East is racing not to see who can win the division, but to see who can win the lowest uh, draft pick. Or would that be the highest uh, draft pick, I guess? Um, I hope they get the highest draft pick, but I uh... – I can't stand. They're gonna if they win that division, they're gonna win it with like four wins. Ridiculous. No, it is it is a, a bad time to be fans of NFC East teams. Tom, we thought we were gonna make it through two rounds of this, and boy, was that silly of us. We are now, you know, up around an hour, and we've only got through twelve picks. So we're gonna save. I think the second round. Let's see what happens this next week in Week Eleven. Come back better than ever and talk about our picks. 13 through 24 and kind of round out this rookie redraft. Okay, man, any, any closing thoughts kind of as these let's, let's recap for the listeners, our top 12, number one, you went Justin Herbert Two, I went Joe Burrow three, you went JJ, Justin Jefferson four. I went CD lamb five. You went Swift six. I went CEH seven. You went James Robinson eight. I went Higgins. Nine, you went Tua. We agree he fell very, very far. Ten, I went Chase Claypool. Eleven, Tom, you went Jerry Judy. And then I rounded it out at 12 with Jalen Rager. So guys that we've seen fall completely out of our first round in this redraft has been Jonathan Taylor, your running back one, J.K. Mm -hmm. Dobbins, who was a consensus top five, maybe at worst top six pick. Mm -hmm. Cam Akers. Cam Akers, yeah, yeah, Cam Akers, who the, you had to say the name because he's so far down my list because he just yeah. hasn't been involved this year. Um, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, there it is. Who, who I still really like. I think he he was on the fringe. He was going to be my next pick. Um, Ooh, spoiler alert for next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Gibson still available. Uh, who else we got? Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, Ruggs, the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft is still available. Yeah. 
I think we're gonna have a lot of good talent uh, left. And I think, you know, that's what shows the depth of this class, even though we've had some ups and downs with some of these guys, you know, these second round guys, even, you know, as, as down as people are on Jonathan Taylor, I think that's a value in the second round when we, when we pick wherever he goes, uh, same with Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, some of these guys. So everybody, we are looking forward to the next episode already. I know we're going to be a week away. Um, we hope you guys are preparing well for your fantasy playoffs. Um, there is a lot on the line for some of these teams. Last week was kind of weird. I felt like a lot of last place teams beat a lot of first place teams. It kind of flipped at least in a lot of my leagues. Um, so I know everyone's kind of uh, fighting for these last couple uh, weeks before we enter the fantasy playoffs. Uh, continue to listen to uh, all the podcasts we have on the Fantasy Authority. Um, we'll be going live on Sunday before week 11, so make sure you tune into that at 10.30, 11.30 Eastern. Uh, Tom, uh, anything else? Um, I will be doing my prop talk again on Saturday. Last week I went two for four, not a great week, um, but you know, still 50-50. Um, let's see here. Do not give up on Lamar Jackson. He's got a killer playoff schedule. Um, so if you have Tom Brady, you know, he's got a decent playoff. Uh, he's got decent playoff matchups, but he's got that week 13 bye. So you have to make sure you're prepared and, and you have a quarterback ready to go there. Who do we have for week 13 buys? Is it just the Panthers and the Bucks? Yeah, I think it's just the Panthers and the Bucks. So yeah, yeah everybody make sure you note that. Um, you know, we're hoping Christian McCaffrey comes back. He's already ruled out for week 11. So, you know, with uh, him also missing week 13, if, if you need a win, I think that's somebody, you know, maybe not dynasty wise, maybe it's more redraft, but that's somebody you can trade. But yeah, make sure you note these bye weeks coming up. And as we're fighting for playoff spots for Tom Corson, I am Robbie Jeffries. And we'll see you next time. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.